You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. Welcome back to the Sewing and Growing podcast with Jay and Jay. I am Jay and he is Jay. And, <laughs> and often, we I just Jay. want to set something clear. I get called Jonathan a lot. Uh, I would be lying if I said it doesn't slightly bother me. My name actually isn't Jonathan. Jonathan's name is actually Jonathan. And I get called John. Which he's totally cool with, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't so care. here's the difference. I actually have an H in my name. Jonathan doesn't have an H in no. their name. Well, I have an H in my name, just in the okay. wrong place. <laughs> right. It's J O N for Jonathan, yeah. J O H N for me. Uh, just for some distinction, because literally on a weekly basis, I get called Jonathan yeah. every week. But like John, J O N. We know a John, J-O-N, who's a Jonathan. Yeah, a lot of Jonathans like to go by John. I don't know tons of Johns that are just John with an H that like to go by Jonathan. No. And the fact that there are Jonathans out there that are spelled J-O-H-N, A-T-H-A-N, I'm like, something was wrong with your parents. (laughs) Now, if you're listening to this and And you're a parent who did that, sorry, or you're a recipient of that, just watch it for goodness. John, though, that... John or Jonathan, great names, not just yeah. because we have them, but what they, who they were in the Bible, strong, traditional names. Yeah. They're good. Don't know what I get got called. The, I have a myriad of names that I'm getting called by. John, John Boy, Johnny, John Clark. I, I get called Jay. John P a lot. And yeah. I'm just going to put this into the Sewing and Growing podcast atmosphere. Yeah. That I might want to do the first and middle name and maybe change John P to either John Thomas or JT. So if you you see me, you can call me JT. And I may not turn my head because I'm not used to it, but I think I will. Test me out. I would not want people calling me JC because that's too close to Jesus Christ. Right. You don't want that pressure. But like people, my some people in my family call me John Clark. Overwhelmingly, I'm known that as... That sounds kind of cool. Yeah, John I Clark. like John Clark a lot. Jay, though, is overwhelming what people call me, just Jay. Even here at the office, yep. I never really felt comfortable calling you Jay. I don't care. You can call me whatever you want. I didn't even like doing sewing and growing with Jay and Jay. That was your thing, the Jay and Jay. I I was like going to do John and Jonathan, but it's too wordy. Yeah, I get it that. is a little too wordy. And it's it's not like we are both go by Jay. It's just two guys with the main... It's like we're that big. We need a stage name. Our stage name is a stage letter. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Let's move on. We spent three minutes Uh, talking about our names. You can fast forward, but you're already there. So you don't need to fast forward anymore. We're talking about one of the top three subjects of the Bible today, hopefully in a creative way, and that is faith. The top three are what? Faith, hope, and love. That's right. You find that in 1 Corinthians 13. The greatest of these is love. love. And last... Well, Second actually, greatest would be what? You know, I actually think According hope. To one minister is hope. I think hope might be the second greatest. The reason is, is because you got to have hope to have faith. Right. You can't have faith. So the raw material of faith is hope. Yeah. I love saying that hope is like vision and you have to attach faith to a vision. There you go. Good wisdom already coming out. Iced tea, not a sweet tea. Three quarters amount of iced tea, quarter of sweet tea, just to. I'm drinking cut a, ha- the edge. A, a, a half drink water bottle and a little bit of Coke Zero from the previous day that I left up here. <laughs> How can you not admire yeah. that? Lacks the carbonation. The 
The first thing I want to talk about faith is with this question, help, where is my faith? A lot of people might say we're in a faith crisis in our nation. Some people are experiencing a faith crisis. And if you feel like you've lost your faith, it's really hard to find something if you don't know what it is. So maybe you've dealt with this. I deal with this on the maintenance team. I'm a landscaper. I like being outside. I like working with grass, trees, earth moving. Pastor Zane's specialty is indoor construction. Did you ever deal with this while you were on the maintenance team, Pastor Jonathan, where Zane would say, go to Lowe's and pick this up. And you're walking through the aisles like, I should know this as a man, but I don't know where to find what I'm looking for. Yes. Because I'm just not a construction guy. uh, He'd be like, yeah, you need to find the three quarter inch mollies. I'm like, (laughs) Molly's <laughs> like that, that that's not drugs right <laughs> this happened with me yesterday or not yesterday last week in in preparation for something I was sent to find one inch uh what was I see I can't even call them. It, it's I hooks yeah, hooks and Pastor Mar's like you know what an eye hook is right and he's like trying to motion with his fingers. I'm like a closed circle that you screw into a wall. And he's like, yeah, that's it. One inch. So I go there and I'm in the aisle. First off, I have to ask where the aisle is to even find the aisle. Look, I can't even find where it is in the store. I'm in the aisle and there's like 13 different options on like the thread size. And none of them are just one inch eye hooks. And if I get humble enough, I'll ask an employee. But there's a girl who's an employee who's even younger than me in the aisle. And <laughs> I shouldn't be sexist like this. I don't know if it's sexist, but there's something inside of me like, I should know this. I should just know. Eventually, she put me in the area and I did not ask her. I just grabbed two different types and brought them here and I'm like, (laughs) hope one of these works. But I feel like we feel that pressure with faith sometimes. Like, I know I should be in faith. This is one of the top three subjects, but I'm struggling with my faith. What is faith? So maybe we could talk about that. Just what is faith? Do you have any ideas? What would you say? Like Man. somebody says, "Hey, give me a definition of faith." Yeah, well, a lot of people would refer you to Hebrews eleven one, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I break that down, and I, me though, I think faith is action. That's very, that's very simple definition. But again, if faith has to attach itself to hope, and I've said this in a podcast before, I'm going to say it again. My analogy is: you're at sea, right? drowning in the water, you see an island that is vision for what you need to swim towards. So the island is hope. It spurs hope in you. Now what you have to do is start swimming towards the island. The swimming portion is faith. The action is faith. So it's acting upon what you say you believe. Yeah, That's what I would say. But it's hard because we want to have that feeling. It's hard because like even if you don't feel like that's what you're supposed to be doing, you're like, well, I got to do it anyways. And then it feels like you're doing it out of obligation and your heart's not in it. Is that really faith? Maybe you're going to address all that. No, I'm I'm not going to address all that. But I'm just going to use some other words that maybe are easier for you to grab hold of compared to faith. Like trust. I think just trust is is great. Like, you know, when a kid trusts their dad, it's pretty much like do this or we're going to do this. You just trust it. It's it's a spot of rest. I think a lot of times faith has to do with rest. But the facial expressions we think should be in manifestation when we're really believing God for something is anything but rest. It's this, come on, I believe God. And your (laughs) eyes are scrunched and you're you're sweating and you're convulsing maybe because you're trying so hard to believe God. But when you trust something, I think you can get to a spot of rest. Maybe I described something that looks closer to a uh, demon manifestation. (laughs) That's not what I'm trying to do. But seriously, we get a bunch of things that aren't faith. But really, when you get to a spot of real faith, 
I don't know if you have to shout unless God tells you to shout, but there's just a lifestyle of rest in God and who he is. Pastor Mark says it's an adherence to, a reliance upon, holding to something. We're going to get into that. But what is faith not? I like what Pastor Jason said. Do you remember what Pastor Jason talked about? Jason Haskell? Yes. Great minister of God in Um, New Creation Church, Craig. I don't remember what he said. He said said it's like the opposite is diss words. Like, don't let the enemy diss you. So like discouragement, discontent. So whenever you're being dissed by the devil, you know that you're not in faith. Mm -hmm. So if you can lay hold of that, you can easier find faith and uh, know what it is. And that's it. I, I really believe God's given every person faith. I think that's scriptural. I, I think there's some <laughs> debate on that. Like, do you get faith once you choose to believe God? And I'm not going to get too deep into We've that. have been given the measure of faith. Yeah, that's in Romans. And another uh, verse in Ephesians, two different ways you can really look at this. I yeah. think primarily it has to do with salvation, but hear me out. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So you can be like, yes, yeah, salvation is not of myself. It's the gift of God. But also... It's by faith. Is that faith by you, or is that the gift of God too? Hmm. He's not convinced yet. But let me just put this. God's given us faith, but how we use it comes in many Hmm. different ways. God's given us the ability to think, and some people use that ability to think Hmm. into things that are completely anti-God. So I believe we've all been given faith, and maybe that's a spot for you where it's like, I just have no faith. Well, you may be misplacing your faith or feeding it in the wrong directions, but you have faith. You can take a deep breath. (sighs) It may be small. It may be fractured. It may be polluted. But to some degree, we all have faith, and we can work with it. So this, I'm going to use an analogy, and it's going to be a puppy, okay? Coming from me, that means a lot because I'm not a puppy guy. Yeah, you're a cat. I'm a kitten guy. (laughs) <laughs> I'm a kitten cool a cat, kitten okay? Cool cat. I like cats, but I just saw this as a puppy because when I was seven years old, my oldest brother Shane was 15 and he wanted a black lab. He wanted a hunting dog, even though he didn't hunt. He wanted a full energy water dog. He wanted a black lab. But I went to my dad. I think I might be my dad's favorite. I don't even know if that's something anyone wants to contest in my family. Uh, <laughs> We get along. I share his name. But I went, Dad, Shane's getting a dog. Like, Can I get a dog? Uh, And he he fought me for a little bit. But he ended up saying, yeah, you can get a dog. Go (laughs) ahead. So we brought home two brother dogs. My brother's dog's name was Bo, and I called mine Spike. And I remember my dad, he was a little frustrated. So as a seven-year-old boy, this puppy was probably like two or three months old already. And he's like, put it in the back of the truck. I was like fighting with his dog to get in the back of the truck, but I got a dog. And I look at that as my father. God doesn't play favorites. Now, if if your kids are listening to this in the podcast, this is not basis for you having to get both of your children an animal. <laughs> but my older brother got a dog. I got a dog. We both have faith under this. Does it make sense? Yeah. God's not playing favorites. The dog favorites. is Spike and Bo are the measure of faith. That's what I think. Got. But Got it. What we do with that puppy makes the difference. I mean, what are you doing with your puppy in faith? Are, are you growing it? Are you developing it? Well, you're feeding it. Right. Well, that's my first point. I'm going to yeah. give two things to do to help protect your faith, know where your faith at, sat so it doesn't run away, and to have it grow. First one is feed your faith. What is faith food? you have any other thoughts on that? See, um, it would be a, uh, a uh, high-temperature compressed baked type of a chicken meal formula equivalent 
<laughs> Sounds like some dog food. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe I uh, said horses that yeah. broke their legs being manufactured and broken down over at the Purina yeah. plant in Denver. Yeah. I think so. Well, <laughs> what's the equivalent of that with, as far as spiritual? I, I hate food. to even compare it to the word of God, but really faith <laughs> food is the word of God. And this is one of those scriptures I learned as a young boy. Great one to memorize. Great one to get your kids to remember. So they go back to it when they're struggling with their faith. Romans 7, 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing mm-hmm. and hearing by the word of God. That double hearing, hearing and hearing by is hearing until you understand. And really, it's the Logos. It's when the Holy Spirit speaks to you from the Word of God that your faith grows. And you won't get that until you put your eyes on the Word of God long enough, frequent enough, that the Holy Spirit is strong enough in you to speak to you about that scripture. And once that happens, you start to get fed. Now, you might be listening to this going, the Bible just bores me, man, or I I, I struggle with it. It's hard for me to read it. I don't get a whole lot out of it, and I'm saved, but I'm struggling with the Word of God. Listen to this other scripture by Jeremiah. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Your words were found, and I ate them, and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. So faith food is the word of God. And what we see here, you go, well, John, I get the word of God and it's not the joy and rejoicing of my heart. I come on Sunday, I hear Pastor Mark read it. I hear Alan read it and it's eh. But here's the difference. Our faith doesn't really grow when we're force fed. And when you're in church service or maybe you're still under the house or someone else reads you a scripture, you're being force fed. Mm -hmm. Look at the progression of Jeremiah. It starts off by saying, your words were found. That means he was searching it out and Mm -hmm. he found the words. He chose to eat them and then they became the joy and the rejoicing of his heart. You might have a uh, presupposition. You might have a thought before you read or you search out on your own, Bible says, when you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. Uh, And it might be different than joy and rejoicing, but if you truly seek it out, you'll get the benefit of it. And I think of this, I didn't like sushi. I thought, who would want to eat raw fish? That's gross and nasty. And I didn't really like it until I was 17 or 18. What was the issue of that? I never chose to eat sushi before I was 17 or 18. (laughs) But that's once I went to a restaurant searched it out, chose it, and ate it. Now it's one of my all-time favorite foods. It's my favorite food. So, hey, acquiring a taste for the Word of God. Absolutely. And that has to be on your terms. So it doesn't, I don't think, have to be an abundance of Scripture, but purposely seeking out the Scripture and diving into it, you will acquire a taste for it. And you don't have to feel bad that you don't have a natural taste, you know, for the Word. Like, if you're not naturally desiring that, I've been in that boat. I'll probably be in that boat again at some point. That's okay. Leaving yourself in that state is not okay. So I'm not contradicting what you said. Sometimes you do have to force feed yourself in order to acquire a taste. There's a difference though is somebody making you eat versus you of your own volition saying, is volition the right word? Let's go with it. Okay. I don't think it is. Saying... I wanna, I wanna. Out of your own will. (laughs) Yeah. I need to look up volition. Cause I mean, when I meant force fed, I meant externally from you, another person giving it to you. So thank you for that distinction because other people may have been struggling with that. And I remember when we would lose a pet at times, my mom's method of finding it would be let's just put a bowl of food out here. 
we're going to put a bowl of food out here and leave it yeah. on the porch. And I bet the animal is going to come back because it wants to be fed. So when you're like, man, I'm struggling with my faith. Just spend a little one-on-one time with God in the Word, and don't go to maybe the scriptures that are like really heavy, like, I never knew you, depart from me. But start somewhere even where it's encouraging, because all of the Bible is God-breathed, and when you're in that vulnerable state, weakened, out to sea, lost, get something that's encouraging, get it in you, and I bet you start to see your faith coming back. Just like my mom would put a bowl of food out there, and pretty soon, hey, the cat would be coming there, and like, there's our cat. I knew if I put the food out, it would come to it. Put the food in front of your ear gates, your eye gates, by your own will, and you're yeah. seeking God when you seek the work. That's good. I was also just thinking about when you're learning a subject to take math, mathematics. That's a big umbrella. Maybe that's not the umbrella term for all of the use of numbers and equations, but there's simple arithmetic, then you get into harder equations, and then you get into algebra and calculus, geometry, all that kind of stuff. When you're first getting learning math, you don't jump straight to algebra or calculus, right? You learn basic arithmetic. It's the same thing when you are when you are building a taste for the Word of God. The Bible has many different things and many different maturity levels that you should be reading them at, right? Um, so starting somewhere, like you said, where you're getting encouraged, starting in Proverbs, Psalms, John, Ephesians. Right, great places to start. Then don't jump to Leviticus way. or Revelation because right, you're not going to be spiritually mature enough to understand the context of what that is, and it will actually hinder your faith. So there's a time and a place for everything. But yeah, good. Well said. So first one, feed your faith. The second one I'm going to mention is leash your faith. Leash it. Put it on a leash. I know we, some dog owners are totally opposed to the leash. Bro, I don't know don't where you stand. Don't even get me started. If your dog is not on a leash, I'm started. Sorry. If your dog is not on a leash out in public, how dare you? Like, I cannot stand do, do, that. Do you need to be that strong? If you're out on like some hiking trail by yourself, okay, fine. But when I do that with my dog and I even hear something, I will put my dog back on leash because not everybody's dog is friendly. And even if your dog that's off the leash is friendly, somebody else's dog that's on the leash is not. And your dog runs up to them and then they get attacked and like, and they're running around and they're pooping everywhere. Like, bro, put a leash on your dog and then let's put a leash on our faith. Okay. That's all I have to say about that. Leashing your faith. I think he needed to get that off his chest, folks. Yeah. There's really three parts of this leashing your faith that I think are important. First off, it protects your faith. That's why we put a leash on dot. It protects it. You know where it's at. That's important. And I forgot what the third one is. So maybe we'll just go with those two. Um, No, you always have a handle on it. You always are connected to your faith. So first off, what were those three again? First off, it protects Protects it. it. You know where it's at, and you always have a handle on it. So this is what I'm talking about. Pastor Mark has said this, and I think he got it from someone else. The statement is, any day you don't live by faith, you live far below what is yours and what is allotted to you. That's not how it's quoted. That's my paraphrase. (laughs) You're living far below your rights and privileges as a son of God. But a lot of times we don't have a hand on our faith. We're not believing God every day for something. Here's a scripture to look at. Hebrews 3.14 says, For we are partners with Christ as long as we hold on to our confidence in God from beginning to end. Confidence is another great uh, definition or adjective or describing word for faith. Mm -hmm. So hold on to it. What are you holding on today? What am I holding on today? What am I believing God for? And have I put my heart in remembrance of that? And I've have I put God in remembrance of that? 
Because otherwise, our faith is going to run off to different areas and locations. This week, I put my keys some random place, and I always have had this hard time with losing things. And ever since I remember, my dad encouraged me, with your keys, with your wallet, with your headphones, have one place that you put it, and when you get home, when you get to where you're going, always put it only in one place. Why is that? So you can find it when you need it. But if you have this faith that is in the stock market one day, in God the next day, Mm. in your natural health the third day, when you need to find your faith, you might not be able to find it because you don't know where you dropped it off last. But if you hold on to your faith, if you leash it, you always know where to find it. You always have a hand on it and it protects it because the enemy is not after your health. He's not after your uh, your finances. Ultimately, he's using those things to get to your faith in God because Hebrews eleven six says what? It says, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's so important. So make sure to leash your faith. Amen. All right, so I have this statement. If you protect your faith, it'll protect and provide for you. So that means as your faith grows up, it it literally will have the ability to protect you and provide for you. Man, my mother has grown her faith to such a degree. I wouldn't be here. I mean, my car accident, terrible. Couldn't even see my father completely smashed the truck in. The pictures are unbelievably bad, but she knew how to administer and delegate the blood of Jesus and angelic angels for protection because she's developed her faith. But also you can get things and live a supernatural life. A lot of times you think like supernatural. (laughs) Supernatural means supernatural. (laughs) Right on. (laughs) Props to Sid. But Supernatural just means above a natural right. way of life. Yeah. You can live and be given things by your faith that are above a natural life. And I just think of, we had Rottweilers when I was growing up. My parents liked Rottweilers. I like Rottweilers. to Spike and Bo? Uh, they hung out. They lived a good life in our yard. But we also had, before Bo and Spike, okay. we had two dogs, Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde, they were Rottweilers. And... Uh, one day we come home from a restaurant and in our driveway, Bonnie is on top of a full-size deer that she had taken down. Yes, our wow. Rottweiler had killed a full-size deer and was straddling this deer in the middle of the driveway like, look what I got for you guys. I got you a deer <laughs> for dinner. That wasn't necessarily good, but my point is a puppy couldn't do that. But a fully grown dog that was taken care of, your faith can provide for you if you fully develop it. Wow. So, what did you guys do with the deer? Uh, I don't remember. I was like five years old, and I just remember <laughs> in the backseat of my excursion, like, oh my goodness, what in the world <laughs> happened? So, here's some questions. Two questions as we're wrapping up. First one is Is my faith more like a puppy or a protector? So, what is your faith like? Is it cute? Is it something where you post a selfie with a really cool filter and a Bible verse and your bio and your Instagram has a heart and something from Isaiah 40 or <laughs> Philippians 4.13? That's cute. That's awesome. Yeah. But is it a protector? Is it providing for you? Is it right. strong? Those are two different things. One's really useful. One is far less than what Jesus paid for. Am I being too harsh? Uh, I don't think you are being too harsh, but there's probably a few millennials that are offended at that, but 
Hey, that's, we're part that's of that generation. Yeah. Our generation I've be able to call it I've done that up. before, too. And I'm when not you, saying it's bad. Here's the thing. When you, when you first get a puppy, you bring that puppy to public outings because it's so cute. And you're holding that puppy. I've done it. I've had multiple dogs in my life. And when they're a puppy, I bring them to church. I bring them to the park. I into bring the them, hockey I'm, locker room. Uh, yeah. I brought Sniff my dog the hockey into bags. the hockey locker room because it was a cute puppy. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh. And you like the attention that you're getting. But I'm not waltzing around my full-grown pit bull into anywhere else because it's no longer cute. It no longer gives me the attention that I want. So that those verses and those and those posts really, I mean, I can't judge people's hearts. Might be a picture. It might, might be, a, be picture. a picture of yeah. faith in its infantile state. Yes, sir. Wow, go. that's a that's an insight. So then, my second question, final question, and it just gets harder than the last question. I'm sorry. Is am I feeding my faith or failing my faith? So what I mean by that is, if I treated a puppy the way that I'm treating my faith, would I be an abusive owner? Think about if you need to feed your faith, grow it, uh, leash it. Would you get picked up by animal services or have somebody call the cops on you for the state of your faith or your puppy? Ouch. Think about it. Just maybe take a second. Is it emaciated? Where is it? <laughs> where is it? Is it got mange? What's going on? Faith Where mange. is it? Do you even know where it's at? <laughs> is it roaming mange, the man. streets? Yeah. Are you going to have to go to the animal shelter and pick it up? <laughs> It's like, that might, reminds me of my aunt's dog, a little mutt. It's a chihuahua. And it was a part of a dog gang. <laughs> what? <laughs> no joke. Like, they found it, like, roaming the streets with other dogs, and it was, like, part of this pack. But it was the smallest dog. So I was just wondering, is it a girl, too? I'm, like, wondering what this dog's role was in the pack. Her name is Wilma. You know your aunt listens to this podcast. Yeah. is going to hear yeah. this. Yeah, she knows my thoughts on this already anyways because I've told her. But uh, she's escaped multiple times. In the past, like month, and I just I always tell her I'm like the streets are calling for her, man. That she she, she longs for the streets. I think she's spayed. Okay, but <laughs> anyways, Wilma be, was a part of a ragtag group of dogs, and apparently still wants to be with them because she gets out every now and again. But that was totally off. That's funny. Off subject. But no, talking about uh, child, not child, animal services being called. Yeah, on on the state of your faith or the, the, your dog. <laughs> Um, being related to your faith. Sorry, I think it's Go just ahead. a creative, a new way to look at faith and how we're we're growing it and developing it. Taking this gift, just like I was given a gift by my father. And to be honest, I did not take care of that dog. My dad ended up having to take care of that dog. But our heavenly Father, He loves your faith. He wants to work with your faith. But ultimately, it's our responsibility right. on what we do with our faith. And I was just thinking about um, a lot of times we get very busy in our schedules naturally and in my family this is not a good practice but you get busy and the dog goes in the crate and the crate is or, or and the dog is there for multiple hours of the day because you're busy and you're not thinking ahead of time like what do i like you need your faith should be coming with you and maybe that's not practical in in natural circumstances you can't bring your dog ever with you but like everyone has a better time. Us and the dog has a better time when we just choose to take it with us wherever we're going. But how many times with our faith, we say, I don't have time for that right now. This is what I'm doing. And you lock the faith in the crate at the house and you leave it there until you need it. And let me say this. This is a thought on what you just said. Really yeah. appreciate it. Really like what you said. 
a crate is a sad substitute for a leash. Mm. But if we aren't willing to take our faith with us on a journey, at least you're going somewhere, you're yeah. advancing, you're moving yeah. forward, you're going into new horizons. But if you get busy, what you do is you put your faith in a box. So some people be like, why am I leashing my faith? I want it to run free. Well, that's not necessarily the purpose. But if you get busy, you're just going to say, yep, my faith is for my salvation. That's it. Keep it right there. It in the box. And if you do that, I think it's even going to damage your ability to believe God for salvation if you just put it in the box of right. salvation, because that means you're not experiencing anything in this natural life. You're just hoping for the next life. Right. And that's a really big ask, yeah. like that your whole spirit soul right. is going to go to a different yeah. spiritual reality afterwards when you're not experiencing anything in this right. life. So don't get so busy that you put your faith in a box. Yeah. And y your faith doesn't have like a personality, so it doesn't relate perfectly but i know when i if my dog's been in the crate all day i let her out and her behavior i get frustrated with because she's hyper and she starts jumping and running around and i tend to get mad at her but it was my own fault because i was mistreating her or i haven't been around her all day she doesn't act like that when she's constantly with me and constantly getting her needs met going on walks right so exercising your faith will cause you to not be frustrated You'll get frustrated with your faith when you never use it. You leave it in the crate and then you pull it out and you need it for something and you're not getting the results that you want because you haven't properly exercised your faith and fed your faith on a daily basis. Wow. And it's been said that a dog is a man's best friend, but I really believe there should be this relationship with our faith in God and our <laughs> adherence to it where we could say, you know what? That's such an important part of my life, my faith. It's almost like it's my best friend. My relationship with him, it's developed into being that close of a relationship. So that's just some parallels, some yeah. analogies to go off of. I think we're at a good spot. Yeah. Wisdom of the day. <laughs> yeah. Before that, though, I was just thinking you said dogs are a man's best friend. I wonder how that made horses feel because horses were around so much longer. And we use in horses like they helped advance society more than a dog ever could have imagined. Right. And then we domesticate dogs. And we're like, that's man's best friend. I feel like a horse is like, you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Anyways, I don't um, have any feedback on that. But that's, a, that's, a, that's a thought right there. Yeah. Um, my takeaway is um, what you said earlier that your faith like you feed and protect your faith so it can get to that point where it can feed, well, protect you provide. Pro and provide for you. Because um, your faith is what quenches the fiery darts, and your faith is also what accesses promises that are guaranteed to you in the Word. So I liked that. I really liked what came out at the end with the crate versus the leash. Uh, so keeping a hold on it and going somewhere with your faith instead of saying, hey, stay in this box, I don't have time for you. Uh, what may seem similar are totally different. One's beneficial. One's a big hindrance. So thanks for having this conversation with me, man. I liked it. Awesome. Um, what are we calling this? We'll figure that out. Puppy dog. Faith. You already know what we're calling it when you listen to it, audience. But uh, rough yeah, faith. That's true. Um, rough not... faith. Like R U F F. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure funny. it out. Rough. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for rough faith. Um, <laughs> thank you for lasting faith. Faith that endures. Faith that is strong. Lord, I thank you that you gave each and every one of us a measure of faith and the responsibility on what to do with it. So I pray, Lord, that the listeners and us that we are encouraged and um, compelled to feed 
our faith and mature it so it can actually start working for us, Father God, because you made an investment in us by giving us a measure of faith and you're looking for a return on your investment. We want to grow our faith and utilize it and live a lifestyle of faith, not just to get things, but to be well-pleasing to you, Father God. We thank you that we can do that with the help of the Holy Spirit and grace. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. It was as fun as always. And again, thank you for listening and thank you for sharing with somebody who hasn't heard this before. And if you haven't, please give us a five-star review. If you like it, leave us a review. Well, I guess five-star rating, leave a review, subscribe to it. If you aren't subscribed, subscribe. Sure. Subscribe to it. (laughs) Right on. (laughs) And we'll be back next time on the Soul and Growing Podcast with, you know it, J&J.